It's really exciting to be able to think about um, what we can do to impact the profession and then to not only impact the profession, but the, the people that our professionals are serving. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. One of our early episodes was with Lou Tut, the retired executive director of the Association for Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired, more commonly referred to as AER. In January of 2019, AER's new leadership stepped in, Janie Blome. If you're wondering about her background and her vision for AER, today is your lucky day. It's something that I've just always had a passion for and always felt like there was such a need for um, AER and for a professional organization in our field. Mm -hmm. And so the opportunity to be in a leadership position at AER and to be in the executive director position was really exciting to me because I think this is a real pivotal time for AER. There's so much change going on in the field mm -hmm. as a whole. So this is a really pivotal moment, I think, for AER and to be able to have the opportunity to provide some guidance and to provide leadership and to work with all of the other organizations in our field at a time when it's fresh and it's new and mm -hmm. we're, we're coming out of really good work done for decades by a lot of really good people. Yeah. And now there's an opportunity to take that and build on it and do new things and to bring AER um, up to a point of being really relevant to people who are in the field and being the recognized voice for yeah. the people in our field and being the place where people go to say, you know, I'm a professional working with a child or an adult who's blind and visually impaired and I need to know how I can be better at that. Yeah. And to, to be able to help AER get into the position to be that resource mm -hmm. is really exciting to me and really something that I look forward to the opportunity. I know there are gonna be challenges and yeah. there are already challenges, but <laughs> yeah. it's really exciting to be able to think about um, what we can do to impact the profession and then to not only impact the profession, but the, the people that our professionals are serving. Well, it's kind of cool that you spent so much time volunteering, I mean, years volunteering mm -hmm. within AER. You said you'd been in the field for 35 years um, and AER is actually turning 35 mm -hmm. this year. So have you been, um, I mean, were you around when it started to transition to become AER when the other two organizations merged? I came into the field just as that merger happened. The very okay. first AER conference that I attended for Arkansas AER was actually um, before it really officially became AER, it was called the Alliance. Mm -hmm. And our first conf the first conference that I went to was when um, was AER was still the Alliance at that point. And oh, Rick wow. Welsh, who later became the first president of AER, uh -huh. was there to talk about the Alliance and to talk about the merger. Um, I know there was a lot of discussion about wanting AER to be an organization that was viable for both educators and for people um, yeah. who are rehabilitation professionals. And um, there was a lot of discussion about losing the history of the organizations that came before and really wanting to make an effort to make sure that we kept that history. So um, 
and I think that there was actually some discussion in that that conference about mm -hmm. what the organization would be called. Oh. And if I'm remembering correctly, there were some three or four names that were put out and then they okay. were voted on and AER was the name that was chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is a great name. It's kind of a mouthful. It is. <laughs> but um, I like that it explains sort of all the professions that we encompass mm -hmm. and the population that we serve. So that's a good thing. In your perspective, what do you think is the most important work of AER? I think the most important thing for AER and our most important work is to support our members and other people in the profession in the work that they do. I think our job is to make, is to provide the resources and the support so that those professionals can be the best professionals uh -huh. that they can be. And then so that the impact that they can have on the lives of the people they serve is the best that it can be and so that we get really um, good optimal outcomes for the clients and the students that yeah. our members and other people in the profession are serving. So I think that's the most important thing yeah. that we really have to um, be that organization that uh, sets the standards and that um, or participates in setting the standards and that has high expectations of the professionals in our field. I think the other piece of that is to work to make other people understand that what we do is a profession and that mm -hmm. we are part of a, a profession and that we are not just you know a group of folks out there doing whatever that we have professional standards that we have um, requirements that have mm -hmm. to be met that we're providing good professional development all of those kinds of things that a profession has and all yeah. of those kinds of things that a recognized profession does and so I think that's the other piece of what AER has to do is to really help bring what we do into the limelight as um, a real profession and as a, a recognized respected profession. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, I think, for especially our itinerant staff or, or people that work in isolated settings mm -hmm. with clients or students. Uh, you kind of do feel like you're on your own a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I've liked about AER is that even as an itinerant, you're part of a bigger collective group mm -hmm. and you have people to reach out to and, mm -hmm. and that are setting expectations for us because it's really easy to go out there and kind of do a good mm -hmm. job <laughs> um, because nobody we work with often knows what we're supposed to be doing. And exactly. so it's really, you get a lot of accolades just because you're working with our population. Yeah. But um, it means a lot to be recognized by your peers to be doing a good job because the, the standards are higher mm -hmm. um, for sure with the people that know what we're actually supposed to be doing. And I think it's our job also to educate those people who don't know exactly yeah. what we're supposed to be doing so that if you are in a situation like an itinerant teacher who's out there and there's nobody in uh, the district, there's nobody in the county, there's nobody mm -hmm. around who is doing what you do and the person that's supervising you doesn't understand what it yeah. is you're supposed to be doing. And I think it's really important for us to be able to have ways to tell people and to let people mm -hmm. know this is what we do and this is what has to happen and then absolutely there has to be that way for people who are in the field to connect to each other and say you know I have this student who has X Y and Z needs and I've not encountered this before yeah. what do I do and I think you know we have a really nice way to do that with social media and some mm -hmm. of the other things now that maybe we didn't have years ago but that's still that human connection of knowing who is the person that I can talk to oh yeah. I met so-and-so at that conference, oh, I went to a session that Emily presented and she talked about this and I can go through AER and I can get in touch with Emily and talk to her about yeah. this. 
you know, I always remember Sandy Lewis, who was at Florida State, talking about she had a little speech that she gave to people when she sat next oh. to them on an airplane yeah. <clears throat> about what she did, did and about why it was important. And so I think we, um, you know, people, you mentioned, people say, yeah. oh, what a rewarding thing that must be. Yeah. And we sort of say, oh, you know, yeah, it is. And, yeah. and But we, we miss sometimes those opportunities to say, boy, it really is. And, you know, I get to do this and I have this opportunity yeah. to do that. And I get to work with these students and these clients who are doing great things. Mm -hmm. and, and to really share that excitement and that enthusiasm with people who don't know what we do and yeah. say, it's a great you know it's a great profession why don't you come be a part of it yeah and do you have you have children who are going through in college who are trying to decide what to do with their lives are you looking for another opportunity in your career yeah you know here's you can go to our website at AER and find information about how you can be a part yeah. of that and I think we miss a lot of opportunities to do that mm -hmm. because we just don't think about it we're not really good at tuning our own horns and it's something that yeah. I think AER is also has to be a part of that and mm -hmm. that we have to be a part of moving the profession forward and getting information out there about what our professions are and what our disciplines are and what we do um, because it's going to be up to us I think to make sure that there's a um, continuing supply of mm -hmm. professionals to provide those services. Yeah. How do you see AER improving uh, this year and in the years to come? I think one of the things, I hope, one of the things that we're really going to see AER improving on in this coming year is communication because that's mm. something that as an AER member myself, I have felt the frustration of not having good communication um, between leadership and members yeah. um, and between members with each other. So I think that's one of the things that we're really committed to working on mm -hmm. is in improving communication and being better at letting our members know what AER is doing and why we're doing it yeah. and what are the reasons um, for decisions that are made by the board and some of those kinds of things. I think we can do a much better job of that. I think we're going to see um, improvement in AER um, in our financial status mm -hmm. over the next few years. The staff in the office have done a great job over the last couple of years really working to be more efficient and to be more cost effective and to um, be more aware of kind of what AER was spending money on and mm -hmm. to be more aware of, of what we need to be spending money on and why we're doing it. And so I think we're going to see um, a healthier outlook for AER as an organization financially over the next couple of years and, and into the future. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we really have a focus on member satisfaction and I think hope that we're going to see some real improvements in people being satisfied with their memberships in AER and being satisfied with the role that AER has to be a voice for them and to represent mm -hmm. the, the, the um, teachers and rehab folks in the field. So, And I, I hope that we're going to see an increase in membership. Um, yeah. I hope that that's going to continue. We are working really hard to reach out to people who have been members of AER and to try and help them rediscover AER and know more about where we are as an organization and what we're doing now. So I'm mm -hmm. hoping that we see some increases in membership. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see some diversity in our leadership and yeah. just in, I mean, we have a diverse board and we have a group of really committed people, but mm -hmm. I would like to see um, that grow and expand and I would like to see more people stepping up into leadership roles yeah. um, on the chapter and division level and, in, um, and on the international level as well. Yeah. Well, one reason that I've 
always been a fan of AER since I joined was um, because of the membership. So, you know, what are some of your favorite qualities you've seen within our members? Well, one of the things I think, and, and I have said this many times, that the best thing about this field is the passion that the people who are in this field have. Um, sometimes that's a little bit of a double-edged sword, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that passion leads us into conflict with each other yeah. because everybody um, does have such a, an invested interest in what they're doing mm -hmm. and wanting to provide the best services. And sometimes we disagree on how to get there, yeah. and we have to really take the opportunity to talk that out and to listen to each other. But I think that passion that people have for this profession mm -hmm. and for this field is absolutely the best thing our membership has going for it. Um, I think one of the other things is the knowledge of people in our field and the quest for knowledge. People are really hunger to be better, hungry to be better at what they do and to know more yeah. about what they're doing. And so I think um, that that care and that concern and that desire to really be better and to know more and mm -hmm. to learn new things and to stay abreast of all of the things that yeah. are happening, um, not just in our field, but in education and re in rehabilitation mm -hmm. in general and how that impacts the, the clients and the students that we serve. And um, so I think we have to really, that's another thing is I, I really think that's a great um, quality in our members. And the other thing that really excites me about our membership is their willingness to share that knowledge with each other. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't do anybody any good if you know that and you take it into retirement with you and nobody ever knows about this great thing that you did with a client yeah. or a student. <laughs> true. And so I, I see a lot of that in our membership through our listservs and through our social media and other different kinds of things and presentations at conferences and, mm -hmm. and chapter conferences and all those kinds of things that people want to share what they're mm -hmm. doing and want other people to know. I tried this and this was really great for me or you know we thought this was a really good idea and in reality it didn't work out all that well yeah. and so I think that's a really um, a real benefit to being part of AER and to having access to the people who have that kind of knowledge and also yeah. you know the other thing that I love is kind of the inclusivity of our membership because yeah. um, I don't know that there are a lot of professions where you could go to a conference and sit down next to the professor, doctor, whoever, oh, yeah. who wrote your textbook <laughs> yeah. and have that person say to you, well, what do you think about this? Yeah. And so not only, you know, are our giants in our field approachable mm -hmm. and including everybody in that, they're learning from all of our other members. We all learn from each other. And that's really yeah. exciting to me. That's yeah. that we have members who are willing to do that, who don't really, um, you know, say, well, I'm the expert in how, you mm -hmm. know, you, why, why do you think you can teach me something? But they're, everybody's willing to learn from each other and to include each other. Yeah. I, I remember being so amazed at that too, mm -hmm. when I first started going to AER conferences and, and then reaching out to, um, you know, for example, I, contacted Diane Wormsley about something mm -hmm. and she was like, oh, let's FaceTime. <laughs> I was like, really? Uh -huh. Like, you know, these people that, like you said, wrote our textbooks and they, um, they just love to engage too. Mm -hmm. And it's just great for all of us to have that networking uh, capacity and capabilities. Exactly. Oh, that's yep. great. Well, as the executive director, you're already representing AER within national and international organizations and committees. Can you share what some of those are? Sure. AER um, belongs to four other, officially um, belongs to four other organizations. We belong to the Braille Authority of North America, Tabana. Mm -hmm. We belong to the World Blind Union. We belong to the Vision Serve Alliance. And then we belong to ASEA, which is an association 
um, okay. membership organization. I think it's the association, the American Society for Association Executives, I think is what it stands for. Okay. So we participate in all of those, um, and there's, you know, AER is represented in all of those. Um, for the World Blind Union and for BANA, we do have reps who are appointed who mm -hmm. um, participate in those meetings for us, but I have had the opportunity to be part of some of those discussions and to represent AER in those as well. Um, had the, an opportunity to attend one of the World Blind Union regional meetings for the mm. North American and Caribbean region, which was very interesting and I think is a really important thing for AER to continue to be a part of, particularly as we grow our global, um, our international issues, yeah. the global issues division, mm -hmm. international services and global issues division. Um, and really to kind of keep abreast of what's happening, not just here in the United States, but all over the world, and to be able to lend our support for things mm -hmm. like the Marrakesh Treaty and some of the other things that are really um, global issues that impact us directly, and as well as global issues that impact others but don't impact us directly. Yeah. I've also had the opportunity to sit in on um, two meetings now for a coalition of organizations that are looking at personnel shortages across all of special education. So not oh. just in the field of blindness, mm -hmm. but across all of special education. And I've been able to um, be kind of the voice for mm -hmm. our field and our professions within that group. and. Um, in, in one way, it's kind of um, supportive to know that we're not the only ones facing mm -hmm. that shortage. In another way, it's really scary to know that that's not just for blindness and visual yeah. impairment, but it's all across the board in special education. So really looking through that group at things like recruitment and you know how do we get mm -hmm. the message out about jobs in special ed and about um, standards and about expectations for um, professionals in those fields. And mm -hmm. so it's been um, an interesting mix of people in that it's a pretty large group and it's an interesting mix of people from um, you know the autism community the deaf community um, learning disabilities just mm -hmm. all across the special ed spectrum so I'm glad that AER has a, has a voice in that and has a seat yeah. at the table and and um, excited to be able to represent AER in that uh, I know a lot of people interact with AER through our international conference which is held every two years mm -hmm. Um, can can you share anything about the next one, where it's at, or any of that? Sure. Um, the next conference will take place in July of 2020. The dates are July the 22nd through the 26th. Okay. Um, and it's going to be at the Union Station Hilton in St. Louis. Oh. It's a great opportunity for collaboration. It's a great opportunity to walk into a presentation and sit down next to the person who literally wrote the book <laughs> and yeah. talk to them. And it's a great way, um, if you're one of those teachers who's out working in an isolated district somewhere, to be able to come and learn from your peers and from other folks. It's a great way for you to share that knowledge that you have and submit a proposal for a presentation and be a part of the conference as a presenter. Um, I think that being in St. Louis is kind of a central part of the country. Yeah. Um, it's fairly easy to get to from a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So really hoping that um, a lot of people will take that opportunity and come and be a part of the conference. We're excited to be working with the um, the newly reformed Missouri chapter to mm -hmm. plan this and to work on the conference and looking forward to building a relationship with them and working with them to present a really, really good conference that follows up on the success of the 2018 conference in Reno, mm -hmm. which was um, a really great opportunity with lots of concurrent sessions and good, yeah. good, good content. And so I'm, I'm confident that the St. Louis conference will do the same thing and will provide those same opportunities. 
You know, one of the things that takes place at that conference is the biannual business meeting mm -hmm. of the membership. And there are things that are addressed in that meeting that are important to the organization, yeah. that are important to our members. And I think it's really um, mm -hmm. something that as a member of AER, you are um, obligated to pay attention to those kinds of things and be a part of those kinds of things. And so yeah. I would really encourage people to consider not just the, the content presentations, mm -hmm. but to also think about the governance of the organization. And this is a place where a good chunk of that govern governance takes place. And mm -hmm. it's really the place where the membership has an open opportunity to have a voice and to speak and to be heard. Um, yeah. And so I would really, you know, encourage all of our members to think about that when you're thinking about if you're going to attend the conference mm -hmm. or not and to think about um, being a part of that business meeting and the business of the organization as well. Yeah. I would like to encourage the membership to let us know as mm -hmm. the leadership, whether it's me, whether it's you, Emily, whether it's one of the board members, um, whether it's somebody else in the office, whoever, mm -hmm. but to, to really let the leadership of AER know what you want from AER. Yeah. We've long heard the question, you know, what do I get out of an AER membership? And mm -hmm. there are great things that you get out of an AER membership. Some of those are tangible. Some of them are things that we've been talking about, like the opportunity to network and to yeah. have resources and to um, be connected to other people who believe what you believe and do what you do. And, and I'm a very firm believer that what you get out of AER mm -hmm. is what you put into it. Yeah. And that if you are an active AER member and you're involved in your chapter or, or, and or your division, mm -hmm. you're gonna get a lot out of AER. Mm -hmm. If you're not active and, and I, I know that everybody's busy and people have lots of things going on in their lives and they're not always the time and the opportunity yeah. to be as active as you might like to be. But if you're not active, you're not gonna see the value in AER. Mm -hmm. And so I think that AER has an obligation to really make sure that we are letting members know what that value of AER is and mm -hmm. to always be looking for ways to increase the value of a membership in AER and that's something that we will be actively working on but I also want to know from members mm -hmm. what is it that you want from AER yeah what are the things that you as an AER member want AER to do for you and I need our members to engage mm -hmm. we need as an organization to respond to our members mm -hmm. and to provide them with what they need and we need the members to let us know yeah. what that is. Yeah. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. Within the last year or so, AER has taken on an accreditation process. Not all schools or agencies that work with individuals who are blind choose to go down that road, but for those that do, they can find valuable feedback. So to explain some time she spent with the AER accreditation process, we're bringing back TSBVI Outreach Director Kate Borg. So the first time I was involved in an accreditation, um, I actually did the accreditation um, via 
like distance. So forms and records and things were sent to me from the school. And then I was given a, a, a task list of things to look at and you know look through their strategic plans or mm -hmm. budgets or even the, the licenses of, of the practitioners that were working at um, the different centers. Um, and so that really just gave me an understanding of the whole accreditation process. You know, what is it that we're looking for? Um, and also gave me a really unique understanding and perspective in how other agencies are operating. I, I have worked in educational agencies for all of my career. And so to see these adult services agencies was just a different and unique perspective. And then I had the opportunity to go to an on-site visit, um, which was just really neat because it was getting to meet the people and practitioners behind the paper, you know, mm -hmm. behind these reports and licenses to see um, the work that they're doing. The, the agency that I got to visit, it was just so neat to see the work that they do. Um, you know, they have, so they have a lot less access to funding than I might have thought for an agency that was serving a state. But the things that they were able to do to be creative about getting revenue, for example, um, the way that they contract um, with people or ask for volunteers, it was just it was a, a good experience to see how this agency was operating um, with the resources that they have. It was a chance for me to ask questions and just to learn the basics of their operation, but it was also a chance for them to ask questions. You know, where are some things that that um, I thought maybe they could streamline or be more efficient or just some have you thought about kinds of moments. And so it really was an all around learning experience. Um, I think it was really helpful that even being the on-site person, their accreditation was not up to me. I was there to gather information and to learn what I could and to share some ideas. And so I was not the person at the end of it that was going to give them the rubber stamp, yes or no. Um, so I think that helped ease the process and just make it a lot more collaborative than it might have been otherwise. So at the end of the visit, I had a whole packet of information where I'd been keeping notes. Um, and then at the end, kind of a, a summary of findings and a summary of recommendations. And so that got sent back to AER. So they had all of those notes and, and summaries. So I didn't write a formal report per se. Um, and then I did just email the, the people that I'd been working with at the agency, just saying, you know, hey, here, here are the things that we talked about. And here's just some of the recommendations and things that that we talked about while I was there. There was a call for volunteers and okay. I thought, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> and um, so did some training um, with Angela Smith with AER, did some training um, on accreditation and on the process. And then um, I'm so glad that I did it the way I did where I did the document review first before I did an on-site because I felt like I was much better prepared mm -hmm. um, doing the on-site because I understood the process that they had been through already with someone else and in, in reviewing all of their documentation. Mm -hmm. I think for any school or agency that's thinking about doing accreditation, I say go for it. I, it's a great process. It, it's a great time for collaboration. It's a great time for like self-reflection, excuse me, self-reflection and review um, to see, 
you know, what, where are some of the hiccups or where are some of the processes that, that you can streamline and make more efficient? But also an opportunity to see how you relate to other agencies in the state. You know, if there's a set of standards to see, okay, well, are we fulfilling these and are we fulfilling them to our capacity or are there areas even that we're doing above and beyond? Um, I think it's a, a great process to just take a, take a look and review um, what it is that, that your agency or your school is doing. Membership organizations like AER require engagement from members like Kate and excited leadership like we have in Janie. I've shared that through my own engagement, I've also become more involved with our work and also with the professionals we work with. So regardless of the group, I encourage you to not just carry the membership card, but volunteer and get involved. Just as a reminder, A Sense of Texas is now on Spotify, so spread the word. From the TSBBI Outreach Department and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.